2: Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman Hello. and Josh Brown, Hello. because we wanted to dissect the very state of Xbox and Microsoft as it is today, being that we are three of the four people in the entire office who own Xbox Ones and like them. Oh, it's shocking is isn't it? It really? is a bit weird. Yeah. I think the majority are PS4 fans. Um, but not to worry, the big talking point on everyone's lips is that Microsoft came out last Saturday at the XO18 event um, and just straight up said, hey, we've purchased Obsidian and in Exile Entertainment, um, which is a rather large deal. It
3: isn't it? I yes. was uh, shook shooketh
2: by this. <laughs> yes. uh, I really am excited by
3: it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I think it's a good move. I think that they are now acquiring a lot of first party um, studios to go forward into the next generation mm-hmm. with and hopefully they won't have an, ex- an exclusive drought
4: like they have <laughs> now.
2: So we'll we'll pick this apart a little bit. So, um, I mean, what was your initial reaction? that? Because you initially were like, in exile is the dudes that did The Bard's Tale <laughs> and Oh God's Dear God's Lord. Tail.
4: No, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I think it's really nice that they bring a focus on purchasing companies that um, do innovative things with RPGs as mm. well because I think that that's where they're going to do well. Mm-hmm. I think and, um, RPGs are just RPGs are just great, even though technically every game is an RPG, which is like... Oh, yeah, let's not start that conversation (laughs) again. But um, I think all that, I think that's a really great move for them. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God, I'm jumbling my words. It is fine. Uh, (laughs) No, I think that's a really great move for them. I think Obsidian um, with Fallout New Vegas and all the fun stuff they do with Mm that...
2: I'm going to reel off some obsidian things. Killers, so, that's yes, Pillars yeah. of Eternity is another one they did Fall on New Vegas. They have Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is one of the, like, you know, most underrated overlooked Star Wars RPGs oh, ever. Right. Mm. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth and Alpha Protocol, yeah. which I don't know how many people know about Alpha Protocol, but it's pretty much Mass Effect if it was a spy RPG. You know what, right? That that Tangent first came
3: out obviously, but now yes. it's got a steady cult following. People like love that game. And I want to go back and revisit it the <gasps> time. Didn't care for it, but now it's got. It's, it's got seal of i I'm not gonna
2: lie, it's horrifically broken, but it is right. very, very <laughs> full of ideas, and it's a great. It's it's got a really good dialogue system, and you can create your own spy. You can be James Bond. You can be Jason Bourne. You can do all that stuff. There's so much promise in there, and so yeah, Microsoft have acquired Obsidian, and assumedly they'll be making games that will only be on Xbox because the yeah, last time yeah. they did a high-profile acquisition was Mojang, with his, which is Minecraft's uh, company, but Minecraft was still on every other you know system under the sun. So you have to assume that this time, going into the next gen, that they'll be using Obsidian and using. Their In Excel for their own stuff. Uh, In Excel, yeah, did the Bard's Tale, they do Wasteland, they do Torment, uh, Tides of Numenera. Which is, I've not got that deep into. Bard's Tale I've played quite a bit of, or oh, I did, perfect. back in the day. Best um, game
4: ever. If you haven't played it, go and find Bard's Tale <laughs> and play it right now. You can get it on your phone, you can get it on your Xbox. You can get it everywhere. You can get it anywhere. Go and play it and sing along to all the songs and just do it. It's, it's worth it. You
2: might think Black Flag had the sea shanties down, but Bard's Tale, oh, is
3: oh, their shanty game, one. is, uh, Take your word is pretty
2: high. So the last Bard's Tale game was, I think, Bard's Tale 4. That was yeah. the one that was a bit more like a Scrolls game. Um, so it seems like in Excel I've always been kind of pushing towards bigger, like, you know, like... I, getting back into the AAA space and that kind of stuff and interestingly both um, devs have put out really nice little videos on their channel where they sort of break down what it means to work with Microsoft obviously it needs to be a big PR push anyway but the way that they're approaching it is just saying that look we always wanted to make games with with a specific demographic in mind which they always have that's kind of why we know them um, and they can now do that more so there's a whole bunch of weird kind of uh, ramifications that come from this because like we were saying uh, if they you know they're obviously being bought by Microsoft and they're making Obsidian games for Microsoft platforms does that mean they can never do another Fallout or does that mean They can never do another Knights of the Old Republic. Assumedly, it's new IP. It can't be. Well, this is the thing for me. We we, we were talking about this before we started Mm filming and it's like if Obsidian were going to
3: do a new Fallout if they were going to do a new Knights of the Old Republic I feel like it would have happened now like True. that is a yeah. big if that we were all clinging on to and I don't think if we were really honest about it that would have ever actually happened and it's nice to see them mm. get a bit of stability and not stop hoping on that one game they might make
2: <laughs> and now we get to look forward to the games that they will make mm-hmm. I mean that's yeah in the uh, in the Obsidian one they do make a big point of saying like look we're, a, we, you know, we're heavily influenced by tabletop RPGs and that's our whole strength yeah. and a lot of people know them for Pillars of Eternity and yeah. things like that and so yeah you'd assume that they're going to make a new IP going forward with that but Fallout is in that video when they're talking about the things that they're known for Mm -hmm. and that's part of the Microsoft announcement so they're still kind of teasing it I mean the only rumor that like facilitated uh, Obsidian doing more Fallout was the tandem thing it was like Fallout 3's Bethesda New Vegas's uh, Obsidian and we had Fallout 4 Uh, and then maybe (laughs) going forward it was going to be Obsidian again what
3: just what you hate Fallout 4 everyone hates Fallout 4 it's the biggest barrier in our friendship Scott (laughs) I like Fallout 4
4: you don't like it Ash Fallout 4 not good.
2: Thank you. That's all I needed from that. I'll just go now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is worth pointing out the um, the overall like list of devs that Microsoft now have because yep. uh, you know they've already had three four three industries. They had the coalition. They've got someone called the initiative. Um, there are kind of all these devs that they're putting together. And uh, Major Nelson, I always get his surname wrong. Uh, Larry Herb. Herb. Yeah. Herb. Mr. Herb. He put out a big uh, a big tweet saying, "Look, big one, happy Microsoft family." And here's all these different devs that we have. Um, and it's just interesting looking at that because you can note that three four three industries are named after 343 Guilty Spark, which is from Halo, and the Coalition uh, is the, like, Coalition of Ordered Governments, the COG tags from Gears of War. So if they're naming some of their home studios after certain franchises, does that then limit them going forward as to what they can make? Are we just going to always get more Halo, more Gears, yeah. and that kind of stuff? Yeah.
3: Well, I think this is why they've um, started buying up these already established companies, mm-hmm. so they can make sort of, like, new IPs and use those studios to create new um, exclusives going forward, whereas you have those specifically made studios like um, the Coalition of mm-hmm. 343, three, like you said, to carry on those legacy franchises and hopefully breathe new life into them. Because I think they've more or less accomplished that. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed Gears 4. Halo is in a weird place, but it's a sort of exciting place. They need a sort of, like, revolution going forward. And I think we will see it, but I think Microsoft have finally realized that they can't just sustain themselves on these <laughs> old um, franchises, as popular as they are, because I mean, Halo, uh, Gears, they're still huge franchises, and we mm. all still love them, but when you're getting brand new IP from the likes of Sony and stuff, mm. and Microsoft doesn't really have that, it's, I think this is a response to that, so they still have the studios they've created to mm-hmm. go back to the Legacy franchises, and now they've got sort of fresh blood to bring in new I think
2: they need the fresh blood. I mean, like, have you played much Halo and, and Gears stuff? Uh,
4: I've played bits and pieces. I remember... Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember which Gears of War it was. It was one of the the old ones. We remember playing that a bit. It might have been two or three.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it obviously, like, went to prominence after two and three it was when it was yeah.
4: everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so I think I must have played it a bit then, um, and I loved all of the massive, gory stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, like, Gears of War 4 and the new Halo stuff, it, it didn't really...
2: Well, that's Hit why I asked me, that. Like, yeah, because uh, yeah. as a you're a big Xbox fan, but yeah. like, did you get Gears 4 or like Halo 5? Because I feel like they were notable whiffs in those franchises. Uh, that's sh- the
4: thing. No, I didn't. The thing is, I'm, as much as I champion at Xbox and uh, Xbox One and its system and everything, I think the exclusives are absolute crap. They're not the
2: best. <laughs> I,
4: I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Halo. I'm not a massive fan of Gears of War. Mm. Um, and th- if I was looking at the games on the systems, I wouldn't look at Xbox and go, I want that one. Because <laughs> like, I just think it's absolute crap. But the... Um, This whole move is a way of them challenging people with the mindset like me. That's kind of what I'm
2: getting at. Yeah, Because it's like, unless you grew up with these franchises, or I mean, they're they're, they're not necessarily one note. Like, Halo has this whole big lore behind it. There's comics, there's different ways that they've sort of expanded that stuff, and Gears does too. But, like, just being able to say, like, you know, the ones that the studios that they've had for the longest time are going to do more of these games. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, I think that's like a double edged kind of thing. I know what you Um, mean. I think I sort of let them off because it seems like they're
3: trying new stuff. Like, we don't know what mm. Halo Infinite is that could be. God, it
2: could be Battle Royale for all I know <laughs> you've
3: got that you've got like um, Gears Tactics and you've got Gears Pop, Pop Vinyl. Vinyl that'll be I your mean, Battle Royale game I said they were doing interesting things I didn't say they were good things you know what I mean
2: um, true I mean if you fall down the stairs like in a you know fast enough and, and mangly enough manner that's interesting but it's not necessarily it worthwhile yeah, the superb. other studios that they're joining um, which I completely forgot to mention before um, that they already had because they announced four other studios back at E3 they that's were like
4: loads, yeah they were yeah. just
2: throwing their weight around so um, they bought Playground Games which is Forza Horizon um, which is weird. They had to sort of redouble down on them. I thought yeah. they would already have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, so For- uh, Forza Horizon's already locked in. You've got State of Decay's Devs Undead Labs. You've got Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice uh, from Ninja Theory, and Compulsion Games, who did We Happy Few. What I
3: love yes. is that a lot of these um, studios, regardless of what you think of We Happy Few or not, they're all like <laughs> sort of single player driven games which yes. is interesting because you would have thought the way the industry is going, they might have shifted towards, you know, like multiplayer shooters, mm. online shared world shooters, MMOs, something like that. So you'd mm-hmm. get that crowd in because Sony have a lot of great um, sort of story-driven exclusives. Yeah. Yeah. And Microsoft seem to be trying to also match them in that regard. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of, I don't know, it's confident to know that single player isn't going to die anytime soon because you've got these two big platform holders putting a lot of money and resources mm-hmm. into Making them at least you would assume so, considering the I, studios they've bought.
2: I mean, looking at like the last couple of years, there was this whole narrative that like single player games had died out and stories were gone, and oh god, it's just going to be a future <laughs> of like Overwatch sequels <laughs> and whatever. But I just that stuff just has, so has not taken hold. Like people no. have like bounced back off microtransactions so hard, and then you look at something like Red Dead Two, which has sold more than like any other game in its first fortnight, its first two week period ever. Yeah. And it's like you look at God of War, you look at Zelda. It's like clearly stories are ingrained to like the way that we take in entertainment, and you can't just go around them um, so yeah I'm just. i would, I'm happy that like Xbox is assumingly like gonna put together a, a bunch of first party exclusives that'll be able to be up there with the Last of Us as the God of Wars the Zeldas that kind of I stuff I hope so yeah. Um, because yeah I mean I can't name apart from Forza Horizon 4 I can't name of any can't think of any Xbox One game that I would say is worth buying the system for
4: Yeah. not if you can no only, honestly <laughs> I can't I think, the ex- I think the exclusives are not good mm-hmm. like I say but obviously it runs all the other good games so it, does. it, it works well
2: it runs Netflix very well um, it does
4: run it's, it's a very pretty good, good home entertainment system <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think it's great having a single-player push, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't want them to f- be feeling like they're playing catch-up with some of um, PlayStation's yeah. titles is the only thing. So I think they've got to really be careful that they're producing um, unique content as well as new stuff and then really solidifying the old things as well, like you said, the legacy titles and stuff. Mm-hmm. They need, like, something's going to come out and go, here's a whole new audience that can access it as well as it paying respects to the old. I think it'll be very
2: interesting to see what they do what the companies that they've bought on do next. Because like I said, I mean the assumption is that three four three and the coalition will just be locked to Halo and Gears mm-hmm. going forward. Obviously turn ten only do Forza. Um, and so like you've got you you've got the likes of Obsidian. Ninja Theory's next project should assumedly do really well. I mean Hellblade sold really well considering yeah. its budget. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people know the name of Hellblade even if they haven't played the through the whole thing themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of promise. Um, but I would assume that they're buying all these people up this early so that when the next generation rolls around in like two or three years. They that, got stuff. Yeah they go here's yeah. our launch titles and, like, for once, a console actually has a body of launch titles that's worth buying that isn't the Super Nintendo. What's super fascinating to me is that
3: a lot of the studios you just mentioned, like Ninja Theory, um, uh, Obsidian, and others that I've forgotten about. (laughs) Undead Labs? Yeah, Undead Labs. There's, like, a great um, fan groundswell to Mm -hmm. them. The games they put out might not, like, be Call of Duty level successes, but they have such dedicated fan bases mm-hmm. and they yeah. have um, fans that want to see them su- uh, su- want to support them. Like a lot of the games were kickstarted and stuff. I know yeah. Obsidian uh, used that platform, and a lot of these developers have. And so it's great to Microsoft are not only buying these studios, they're. They're not buying the fans. That sort of sounds really bad when I put it like that's that. But honestly you know I mean? though,
2: like, that's honestly, though, that's a great cost. way to think of it. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, you, you had the whole 360, the last generation, the Xbox 360, riding high. That was clearly the the fan favorite, the cultural, positive console. Everyone had an Xbox 360, and the PS3 was just kind of, like, on the side mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it felt like at the turn of the generation, Microsoft messed everything up with the reveal of the yeah. Xbox One, yeah. and that just kind of pivoted. So, like, them going forward with, like, you know, they're helping out someone like Obsidian, who have struggled to get one of their own projects off the ground, and they go, hey, we've got all the money, uh, we're going to bring you in, Microsoft Microsoft family, we offer you this like infrastructure. Mm. It's kind of what EA is doing with their indie, uh, their EA Indies, yeah, but doing it yeah. better. As much as I love the EA Indie stuff, it feels like Microsoft have more goodwill around them. I think people want to see Microsoft succeed again because yeah, of definitely. the 360.
4: Yeah, yeah I, I miss the 360. Um, I think the the titles they're going for, or not necessarily the titles, but the uh, the companies as well. It's like there's a whole PC drive mm. behind them as well. There's mm-hmm. a big load of PC gamers who are very faithful to lots of the titles mm-hmm. who maybe might go for <laughs> Xbox stuff. I don't know, but it means that they'll go to PC as well. Microsoft mm. tend to do both, don't they? That's a great point,
3: actually, yeah, because they their exclusives aren't necessarily exclusives. They always go to PC as well, and yes. if you get that PC fan base in, you might not only get some of them spilling over to Xbox, or just... Get those people buying your games yeah. on their, the PC. So we can
2: talk about that as well. That was one of the things I was going to pivot into. Was their wider approach to the next generation? Because yeah. Phil Spencer, um, the head of Xbox and marketing and stuff, has been out there in a bunch of interviews saying that the future of Xbox, or as far as they're planning it, seems to be more like a monthly service. And they launched the mm-hmm. Xbox Game Pass, which has done extremely well. They've now put all their exclusives just on there day one. Yeah. And so in my head, the, the head math doesn't work because you're only paying like <laughs> the head, <math>. like, <laughs> head cannon just doesn't work because you're only. I, mean, I forget how much Game Pass is because it's on sale at the minute. I think it's about seven or eight pounds a month maybe Either way, it's less than £10. Yeah. So it's not like a, a massive premium thing. But they're putting all these games on it, brand new g- games that yeah. need to, to sell. But you have to assume that Game Pass is doing so well that so many people are putting £10 down a month that they're making hundreds and, or thousands of thousands upon mm. pounds and dollars to pay back all those devs. Like in my head, that does, it seems like it's crazy gamble, but they keep pushing forward with it. So their approach to the next generation, assumedly is going to be this whole monthly service thing and everything will just be on there.
5: Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed.
3: Well, the thing about Microsoft is that they have more money than SenseRite. So they can afford to take a bit of a hit on, like, trying these things Mm. out if Mm. it gets people in in the long term like they're yeah. looking at this like like we're talking about for like the next generation if they mm-hmm. can solidify this now and if they lose a bit of money now it might reap the rewards in a couple of years time when the Xbox X2 to- 720. Scarlet. Xbox Scarlet. Scarlet Xbox Scarlet out. Not a fan
4: of the name. (laughs) That's supposed to all be um, online streaming as well, so it's all saved in the cloud, which would tie into. Oh, they need
2: to move away from the cloud. That whole thing. The cloud did not work whatsoever. I
4: remember how good the cloud was in Crackdown 3.
2: No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you mean, Crackdown (laughs) New Federation or whatever the hell it's called? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the PC stuff because, like, yeah, all the exclusives are now on, on launch on PC as well, um, which, it, again, you would assume at the outset that that's a massive risk because mm. then why would you ever buy Xbox if you're already on PC? But they seem happy to go in the whole, like, you know, Windows platform moving forward and putting everything out regardless of whether you have PC or console. I just, I think all that stuff, it, to me, it feels like a risk. Like I said, that mm. the maths doesn't feel like it adds up, yep. but it's really good for the consumer. Obviously, you get a massive amount of stuff per month and you can just download whatever you want. Um, but going forward like they've already done backwards compatibility work so I have to assume that the next generation is going to be the Xbox as a legacy machine it'll be original Xbox games 360 games and the Xbox One stuff and you just pay like one monthly fee for like
4: that would be brilliant Uh, that would be so good I know like PS5 is looking at doing backwards compatibility now Mm -hmm. it seems the 4 didn't really
2: that is a good rumour to bring in (laughs) we've looked at that before we hopped in so yeah apparently Sony's looking at doing backwards compatibility as well because they'll need to I mean the thing that um, one of the biggest examples of Sony just going like right we got it wrong what's the competition (laughs) doing let's do that was uh, they launched PlayStation Now as a streaming service per month using the Gaikai tech and it just didn't work it was laggy and everyone complained about it Uh, Microsoft when they launched the Game Pass just said, look, just download the game and just (laughs) forgo the lag. And so eventually Sony went, you know what? Yeah, do that. And so (laughs) that's what PlayStation Now is now. And so again, I have to assume that the next generation, they're going to go back into their legacy stuff and give you like a one-month thing.
3: That was the fascinating news story I saw just before we came in, is Mm. that uh, PlayStation Now was apparently um, doing better than the Games Pass and any of the other competition (laughs) live services, which is wild because I didn't even... like. PlayStation Now, at least initially, mm. was a really bad service. It was, like yeah. the idea was great, but like you said, you couldn't even play a Sly Cooper on it without it lagging. No, but now you can like download games, and they've taken a leap out of uh, Xbox's book, and it seems to be working for them. And we're going to see more of that in whatever <laughs> console they have next. And I'm sure Microsoft are going to double down it, it the. The bottom line is that sort of service seems to be working, even Mm -hmm. if um, the Game Pass isn't doing as well as PlayStation Now. It is still doing well, and I think that only confirms that we will absolutely see those kinds of services going forward.
4: Is that, just to hop in, would you say that it's probably because more people own PlayStations that the PlayStation Now is doing better because, like, even as the avid Xbox lover I am, I've got a PlayStation recently. (laughs) uh, Traitor. And I I I maybe wouldn't get PlayStation Now on it, but...
2: I haven't got PlayStation now. Yeah, I don't know anyone who does. I like but... I like
4: Game Pass, um, mm-hmm. but if people, most people have PlayStation or, or people that I know that have Xboxes have traded them for PlayStation. Yeah. Like, there's a big push towards those, so I guess you'd put everything on there and try out PlayStation now. However good it is, like, mm-hmm. so like, that that's that would be my argument for it. But, but that's, that's Pass a, is definitely it, that be like... Yeah, I mean
2: that's that's an extremely good point because yeah. there are so many more bodies that have PS4s than Xbox. Mm-hmm. So at some point it is just going to tip that way. Uh, and plus, like, I mean, when Sony rectified the whole download issue, they didn't exactly shout about it. They just sort mm-hmm. of said like, PlayStation. PlayStation now kind of works now and they, they you know keep promoting it on the PlayStation store and it's like the idea of like you know here's this monthly service for a bunch of things that you maybe remember from nostalgia or you just want to try out is in, at its core a great idea yeah so it seems like both machines are, or both companies are going forward with the same thing but how much stock do you guys put in the that like appeal of a, the brand the legacy kind of thing versus new IP like new new titles or new experimentation or new mechanics
3: a lot I think you only mm. have to look at um, the announcement of backwards compatibility on like the original X- Xbox One. Like mm-hmm. that was a huge win for them. And it's a huge feature for like the Xbox. Like I think I mine would have just gathered dust had I not <laughs> had that backwards yeah. compatibility um ingrained in mm-hmm. it. But that only sort of worked because the competition didn't have it. So I don't mm-hmm. know what how big of a deal it is if everyone's got it across the board. And then you've also got these streaming services where you can also play old games on it. You know what I mean? I don't know how those two things Coexist. i don't know how you have backwards compatibility and then also a service that lets you play an old games.
2: i assume it's everything in one like i would pay i mean i'd pay more than 10 like i would pay like a, a set amount for just like you know they would rotate things out like netflix and prime do yeah. and just kind of have you know like here's a, here's a bunch of old xbox classic brute force and you can go play that for the five people who remember brute force <laughs> it was really good but you can do that kind of thing and then they can be like next week it's i don't know whatever that you do, crack down five or whatever <laughs> they could do that kind of stuff i just i think it's I don't know I think it's necessary to like to respect the legacy of the brands that got you there Um, and Nintendo have always done that with a a mix of respect and (laughs) just pay us for another emulated version of Mario Brothers 3 yeah (laughs) <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, the legacy of PlayStation, there are so many old PlayStation games yeah. that will be worth bringing back. I so, think
3: I think you just sort of look at something like the PlayStation Classic mm. or the NES uh, Mini and stuff like that. There's a real hunger for these old games because game sort of preservation is so bad. I mean, <laughs> if you buy things digitally, there's a chance you will never be able to, like, it'll just go off the store. You pay for it's, it again, You, you pay for it again. Remasters, it's so hard to get, like, old. PS2 games, like maybe P- PS1 games, you go into town mm. and you look in like the second hand shops. It's like Spiral the Dragon's like twenty-five quid. Yeah. It's like it's, cause it's cause a investment just yeah, 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 yeah,
2: but that's because there's a forty pound remaster coming out. I mean that's the thing. You look at the mini the PlayStation Classic and it doesn't have any of the well, hardly any of the PlayStation yeah. classic yeah, games yeah, on it. There's no tomb Raider crash spiral or whatever, because there's remasters coming out and they want you to pay for them instead. Yeah. So as much as like it's for the consumer to respect the legacy, they can monetize the legacy instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah.
4: it's I think that that's the difference between uh Microsoft and Sony though with mm. this sort of thing as well, is that so Sony, they don't like to play cross-platform. They don't like no. to give you your stuff back backwards compatibility. They don't like to think about what the consumer actually wants. They like to think how they can make money off their consumers mm-hmm. in like a massive way, whereas I feel that Microsoft are more about making everything accessible to everyone. Um, and doing it at an affordable price mm. and bringing people in and like they're trying to appeal to new fan bases and broaden their horizon and bring gaming back to gamers in I, that sort yeah. of way is what, how I feel about it. I think they're doing all the right things. And I, I like Sony and I think Sony do good stuff but mm. I think they're definitely more driven by what they can make them well, up. Well that's the thing like
2: you go back across the generations and it always flips. Like mm. you know the yeah. PS2 absolutely dominated and then the PS3 failed and then yeah. that went too big for its boots and then like the 360 came in and it's just like you know 360 was so on top of the world that Don Matrek just went out and and just said, we're going to dominate the living room. You're going to want to control your TV with a voice, and we all went no, and then they just completely fell apart. So I, I, the position that they're in now, yeah, I agree that they've got like this kind of un, it's almost like an underdog for a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, yeah. but they do have that sort of like go on,
4: dude,
0: yeah. just yeah. give it a yeah, bit yeah, of yeah.
2: a go, um, and like you know Phil Spencer is like has done all the right moves, and he has managed to cultivate this sort of like atmosphere or fandom around Microsoft again, mm. um, mainly just because the more the the more close to competition, the better it works out for the consumer. Yeah, uh, for the most part, anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess going into the next generation what is one thing that you want to see? Do you think it should be one new, ex- one amazing new exclusive, one new console feature? or just what do you, what do you what do you reckon?
3: More VR, please. <laughs> no. no, no one needs more VR. That's a only, video, isn't it that
4: they're going to have PSVR, like yep. in the PlayStation, like that's one just of the rumors, in it, yeah. just in there? But why?
2: I you am know, not,
3: that because, <laughs> like,
4: That's just for Josh. I literally, literally is. Thank you, sorry.
2: I mean, <laughs> thank <you> so much. <laughs> I mean, like I remember when, yeah, that's the thing. One of the rumors for the PS5 is PSVR, but I am not seeing the stats for PSVR uh. at all. Literally, you're the only person I know who you has know what, a right? PSVR it's because headset. it's just
3: it's, in, it's it's in an experimental phase. It's so like what two million or something it's doing alright we're finally Two, seeing more, like, yeah. more yeah, <laughs> yeah great we're finally seeing really good games come out for it Firewatch was great Astro Boy is the one. Firewatch is on regular heard. systems though not Firewatch the other one, the other one, the one with the shooting in it. It's so good, I can't remember. Is it that the first name. person
2: shooter one? Is it? It is. Yeah, yes. that one. Cry- uh, what is the name? Is it bit? not Fireteam Bravo?
4: Fireteam
2: hey, Bravo. There he not is.
4: Not like Both of you struggled through that. Well, <laughs> oh, let's do a bit of back and forth. We'll because his whole
2: thing is making this case for VR, which
4: is not even there.
2: <laughs> it's brilliant, mate. I mean, everyone can let us know in the comments or you know wherever they find us on social media just how much of a ravenous VR fan base there is. Look, but, but I ain't mm-hmm. seeing it. Yes, Either way, Ash. though. Well, oh, yeah, wait.
4: go on. As much as I. Wait, hold on. We're talking about VR still? No. No,
2: please, for the love of God, <laughs> move on. As
4: much as I crap on it, I do think that there's a future in it. It just needs refining, yeah. is what yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What I want to see on the next systems, I think, is just like system defining games. Like, I want to see new IPs. I want to see something like amazing mm-hmm. um, on Xbox One that everyone goes, whoa, I'm buying that. Uh, I think buying Obsidian, who did the Fallout New Vegas thing, mm. obviously they aren't doing Fallout anymore, but like something like Bethesda on their side and having an. Early release, not even not exclusive because that would be very bad. I
2: mean, to many people, so Obsidian is a better Bethesda. A lot of people prefer New Vegas to three. Yeah, you it's the best one? Well, there you go. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like even though they haven't signed Bethesda, they've signed what a lot of people you know refer to as the yeah. the best yeah. one.
4: So I think something on that scale. Um, mm-hmm. Would be amazing, and like, I always feel like Bethesda are buddies with Xbox because they <laughs> they, use, they, use, they use like the controller and like uh, the beta for Fallout seventy six came out early on uh, Xbox yeah. One that sort of thing. So I'd like just that just as that as an example that there is big companies like really interested, and I think just having a new IP something amazing. That's that's what I am invested in. Yeah, big news story. I mean,
2: for the on the three sixty. I mean, I remember um, back in my day when <laughs> uh, it was the Gary Jules Mad World trailer for the first gears of war. Oh, I remember. Was that, that before yeah. your time? No. Well, it was About like three. I was like what six now I, <laughs> I, I was young but that trailer just landed and everyone was talking about it it had this really great sense of atmosphere mm. to it and it was a brand new IP but it hit the ground running I don't feel like Xbox have done that with anything no. this generation yeah, no, no, really. I mean you had um, Sunset Overdrive yeah Sensor yeah. Overdrive um, which is all wacky and zany but the, the debut trailer for that had this horrible forced like hey kids kind yeah. of tone <laughs> and it just didn't work and it was like you know they, they just need to take a step back and go what are our strengths because people do want to like Xbox yeah. and enough people now treat the Xbox um, with not Nostalgia, even mm-hmm. though it only came out after like 2000 or whatever. But there's plenty of people whose childhoods were dominated by the Xbox and the 360. So I always kind of think there's a way forward for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll wait and see. But at the minute, they're snapping up developers like it's nobody's business. I
3: like it. it's like they're getting like the little army men in position for like going into the <laughs> next for the war. war.
2: The war to come. Actually, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I uh, thought we can end on. If there's what um, if there's any particular developer, it can't be anyone massive because well they could afford them, but they will not do it. Yeah. Is there any particular indie dev or someone like that that you would like them to recruit? Oh. Because I would probably go with someone like uh, Supermassive, um, which is the dude's super giant. No, Supergiant. Supermassive (laughs) is the Sony one. Supergiant are the guys that did Bastion and Transistor and Pyre. Um, and they one of their biggest strengths is they have complete independence. But to get their games in front of more people, the art direction in those games and the story and just... Oh, I absolutely adore Supergiant. And I, would, I would love them to be part of a bigger, like, family of yeah. stuff. Like, I'd rather a Supergiant game got as big as an Ori in the Blind Forest where people yeah. associate it with a certain brand. That'd be awesome. Good sir, what I is yours? I don't know. It's a hard question is, like, for the evening. That's could, a
3: big
4: drop. Like, yeah, could they save... BioWare. Oh, oh God!
2: If, if BioWare do end up leaving um, EA, I just, yeah. like I mean, they're not doing very well. Anthem's not well, gonna do. We'll see. Very well, it might do. We'll see. I mean, hopefully it will. I mean, I obviously, don't want any ill will to BioWare, especially since Casey Hudson finally came back mm. and like the dude that actually made Mass Effect amazing and then oh. kind of ruined it again. But he's <laughs> back with BioWare. So if BioWare end up becoming like a free agent again, that would be a hell of a get.
4: Yeah. Because mm, then
2: he, I mean, I don't know what they would do, but potentially something good. Be
4: good. <laughs> Good
2: Ash, what would you have?
4: Uh, I think... I think the Bard Maker's (laughs) Obsidian is so good. Like, I'm just happy. I'm so happy that, like... Because I just remember playing that game so much and being so enamored with it. I would... I'm so (laughs) glad that, like, an actual... Blah, blah, blah. I'm so glad <laughs> that it'll come to console, but like mm. another indie developer would be a CD Projekt Red. Oh, yeah, indie developer. They, yeah, they're
2: tiny. They'll, they've got Witcher to offload.
4: <laughs> but you know, I, that, like if they got something like that. Yeah, you that want would... something
2: that's got like a cult fan base Jeez. or a passionate fan fanbase, yeah, regardless. Yeah. I mean, the Bards Tale fan base is weirdly active <laughs> considering it's the Bards Tale. <laughs>
4: literally, you mention it, people are like, oh my god. I like, know. Literally, like as soon as I saw it was them, I was like, you <gasps> might people freaking tale. out
2: over the fact that you can pat a dog in Red Dead Redemption Two. You know which game had dog patting in? first what Bard's Tale mate it?
4: and it has the songs the best songs you can ever. hang out
2: with your little dog you can name it you can go on an RPG quest it's <gasps> awesome and hopefully they'll do Bard's Tale 5 on the Xbox Scarlet you know oh who I think man. they might buy go on Ready at Dawn oh, that'll be a hell of a they've pooch. just
3: opened up a new studio I've seen and it could be a Microsoft <laughs> Ooh, yeah, on, I, I mean mind. after
2: The Order they're kind of flailing so yeah, yeah. But they might have something good up the sleeve nah Maybe. Maybe. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But let us know what you think down in the comments or find us on social media with all your thoughts and ting. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott, from that site that I just said. And now Ash is going to say stuff.
3: Um, and I'm Ash. <laughs> and I'm Josh, I think.
2: Yes, and we'll catch you guys soon. Bye. Bye.